to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar guys how are you doing today oh i'm doing pretty good pretty good yeah it's our first week without like a bunch of shenanigans going on yeah i i have no idea what to do with myself coming off of the energy and hype level from the wedding and the honeymoon <laughs> I, I i've been very ill complacent <laughs> it's like what are you gonna do now that you're married zari's like i don't know i never I, thought i'd get this far I, exactly right <laughs> i don't know what to do with myself got a house got a wife look at zara adulting you're doing the same thing though zach i'm the only one who's out of this because i'm lonely and dumb and everyone hates me okay you're cute and you're gonna find the right one soon jp and you live at home so like so listeners out there, JP's available. <laughs> to all of the, the plentiful amount of women that listen to the Game Tea podcast, I'm available. But you know what? <laughs> if you're a man, fuck it. Send me your resume. Let's, let's... <laughs> send me your resume. If you, can beat, if you can beat Zach and Smash, it's like plus five <laughs> oh, points right there. It's funny because like on Tinder, I've been swiping and every once in a while, a guy comes up almost as if Tinder's like, hey, Think about it. Why not? Why not both? (laughs) All right. Well, we could sit here and talk about my love life all night, but uh, let's get on with some gaming news. Uh, Yeah. Aren't we a gaming podcast or something? Are you sure this dating service? (laughs) No, that's my other podcast. We record on Tuesdays. Hey, yo. Anyway. You're cheating on us? (gasps) (laughs) You sound just like her. (laughs) Zach, give us a lowdown on the itinerary. What are we doing today, man? Well, boys, today on the podcast, we are talking about some news that's coming to Steam, some NVIDIA problems, Smash Bros. Ultimate gets ultimate er, Pokemon <laughs> Crown Tundra, and Team, execu- team Executor. <laughs> yeah. Executor. Yeah, Executes is uh, in trouble. And after that, we'll go to game releases. That sounds like a plan. Is this uh, first one me? This first one's you, cutie face. All right, let's get into it. What do we have here? So this is coming off of the, just right off the Steam website, the Steam Game Festival Autumn Edition. So apparently um, from October 7th to October 13th, Steam is essentially going to put the spotlight on a bunch of different games that are supposed to be released within the next six months, which doesn't sound like a huge deal off the top of like you hear about that. You're like, oh, great. More cyberpunk 2077 news. I get it. But no, 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 no. I really anticipate that they're probably going to be shedding the light on a lot of the indie developers a lot more this time around. Probably a bunch of big releases, too, to be honest. But I really think that they're going to try and make, you know, those hidden gems more brought to the front light. What do you guys think about that? I think it's awesome. And I mean, it is right on par with all of the video conferences and showcases we've been seeing lately in this year of COVID. Um, it's It's been great so far. And I think that this Steam Festival is going to shed some light on some awesome new indie games and old czar is going to be on the lookout for some wicked stellar horror games out there hell yeah hell yeah my backlog it's already so full i was about to say that like zach buddy how you feeling well i'm fine my wallet's not oh my wallet (laughs) it's breaking no, it's. It, I anticipate that there's going to be some cool stuff. Like the biggest game right now, think about it. It's probably Among Us, right? Well, that yes. game's not new, like not new, new. It's been around for a couple of years. But for some reason, all it took was just like the spotlight to switch over to that for a second. And now it's the big thing. Rest in peace, Fall Guys. That was a good month while that lasted. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And now all I see are Among Us memes. Mm. Maybe I am traitor. 
I don't know, Zara, you're mad I sus. JP's acting pretty sus. I know. I, I am an imposter. I'm not sus. Zach, you're acting sus for calling me sus. Hey, uh, with that, let's move on to the next one, shall we? Certainly. So this next one, the next article is also coming from me. Um, w- let's talk about the GE Force RTX 3070 and the availability. Oh, God. Oh, God, JP. Zara's blood is all over me. I think, I think, I think, I think you are the sus, dude. I'm not sus. No, I'm not sus. I'm not sus. Sus. No, please don't. Damn dead body. (laughs) Um, You're sus. Anyway. Got him. All right. So essentially this is coming straight from NVIDIA's website. I like these articles that come straight from like the, uh, just the website of the actual service itself, whether that's Steam or NVIDIA, because it re- you're really getting that straight from the horse's mouth type of feel. Now, I have been making a lot of predictions about like the hardware regarding the consoles, like with the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. I made these predictions that like the supply is just going to be dwindling and they're not going to be able to meet demand, mostly because of how the coronavirus has affected um, manufacturing and getting the materials to make these things. But I mean, like everybody's trying to promise that their hardware is going to be available. PlayStation's doing with the PlayStation 5. They're like, oh, no, it's fine. Everybody gets a PlayStation. And Xbox is doing the same thing. And now NVIDIA's on this. So essentially what we have here is talking about the RTX 3070 availability. Um, This is a quote straight from the short article that we have here on the website. We know this may be disappointing to those eager to purchase a GE Force RTX 3070 as soon as possible. However, this shift will help our global partners get more graphics cards into the hands of gamers on launch day. So they're going to give us an update on what the availability on the graphics card is going to look like on October 29th. So Talking about the hardware, this 30 series that NVIDIA's just dropped for graphics cards is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And I'll explain why right now. Before the 30 series came out, the flagship graphics card for any any PC builder was the RTX 2080 Ti. An incredibly powerful graphics card that was usually marked anywhere from like $1,200 to $1,400, depending on where you went. Well, the RTX 3070, which they're selling at an MSRP of $499, outperforms the 2080 Ti substantially. So rest in peace to anybody who just recently picked up the 2080 Ti just to see this bullshit. Including you? I, (laughs) I don't have a 2080 Ti, but I did just two months ago install a 2070 Super, which is a $500 graphics card. And... I'm not nearly as mad as I would be if I had bought the 2080 Ti and then this happened, but I'm still just a little salty about it, you know, because rip GP (laughs) rip because it's like, that's the thing with technology and like, especially in gaming, whether it's consoles or these graphic cards or PC components, by the time you buy something, the next big thing is right around the corner. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. And in one year from now, the next big thing could already be out making the 30 series not obsolete. By no means is the 20 series obsolete, but like not the latest and greatest anymore. It's just, it's just what you get by being a tech enthusiast. So, oh yeah. And bringing it all back to the cars being delayed and them examining new uh, supplies and that's that's exactly what it all boils down to is supply and demand and yeah the demand is clearly outweighing the supply and so the company wants to rectify it by giving this message and i mean the supply is probably low due to covid i mean let's be real i mean yeah and i mean i think that's a smart move the delay is definitely going to piss people off but you know constantly hitting the refresh button checking to see if the graphics card is in stock is also gonna piss a lot of people off. Happened with the PlayStation 5 pre-orders. Yup. Yeah, yeah, you guys remember that. And I mean, so, but it definitely shouldn't make people mad because we're gonna get our new shiny graphics cards soon. Just, you know, be patient. And I mean, I suppose all I gotta say is bravo, NVIDIA, 
NVIDIA for seeing a problem and correcting it before it even occurred. Zach, you recently put together your PC too. I was going to say, how does this make you feel? Because you actually have the same graphics card that I do. You're a 2070 super guy. Like, are you a little irritated with seeing the 3070 come out at this point? Are you like more understanding of my point that technology just keeps advancing? What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm totally in the same boat. Like, I knew that this almost always happens. Whenever you buy new technology, new technology always comes out. So it's nice to enjoy it while it lasts, you know, being the top dog or whatever. Right. Um, and I'm glad that I bought it a full computer because I need an upgrade anyway. And I, I got it on a pretty good deal. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with my purchase. But yeah, now I want something new and it's like, ah, it's fine. First world problems, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely, uh, it's definitely a cool thing though, JP. Like this is this is cool. Um, it won't be for us for a little bit, probably. I don't know. It won't be for me for a little bit, but definitely when the price drops, I will be attached to one of these bad boys to my computer. I mean, that's the other problem, is like and not a problem necessarily, but by no means are the 20 series or like Czar's got a 1660 Ti in his PC. None of those graphic cards are ab- obsolete by any means. They're still great graphics cards. It's just it just keeps advancing. It's just the way it goes. And it's exciting and a little frustrating at the same time. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah. So, uh, Zara, you ready to smash into our next article? All right. I'm ready to smash. You guys ready to smash? Yeah. Although I'm not smashing with Zach. He he will destroy me. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zach's in that area where, like, he's way too good compared to all of his friends. But I don't know how he would do competitively. Not good enough, JP. That's why I got a real job. <laughs> All right. Anyway, speaking of Smash, for those of you who don't know, Smash Bros. Ultimate just announced a new character. And okay, so first, how could you not know about this? Smash Bros. is huge right now and everyone should get on the hype train. If you don't agree, then fight me. I'll be waiting with my main, Banjo and Kazooie. (laughs) You are a Banjo main. I forgot about that. I am a Banjo main. And second... The announcement of this new character is huge because much like the addition of Banjo-Kazooie, Nintendo borrowed another non-Nintendo character. So we should all get really hyped with the introduction of Steve from Minecraft. That it's even better because this is the second Microsoft IP that Nintendo has used. And I mean, I got to say, I'm super hyped. They're getting, Nintendo's getting buddy-buddy with Microsoft, and I kind of love it. So before uh, you keep going, Zach, you're the biggest Smash fan I know. I mean, were you expecting this? Um, you know, I heard the rumors. He hasn't talked about it for a while. Um, and I was kind of like, I don't want him in, but I totally understand why he should be in. Hmm. And I'll just leave it at that, because I, I was not a Minecraft guy. Just never got into it. I am the least creative person in the world, I think. I just, I'm just not very creative. It's just not one of my skills. What about you guys? What are your Minecraft experiences? Fucking love Minecraft. Very creative. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I have a little bit of a story for my Minecraft experience and it involves camaraderie and a lot of pain. (laughs) Do tell. So I got in, I got into Minecraft my freshman year of college and I picked it up on my Xbox for like dirt cheap and just got immersed and the best part about it was everyone on my on my dorm floor stopped by to play like all the time because nobody else had really played minecraft on my floor which was weird because minecraft was huge at that point Mm -hmm. um but so we got to the point where guys would knock on my on my door as i was leaving to go to class or like a party or something and they'd just be like Hey, uh, could I hang out in in your room and and work on the Martin mine? And like, that was what we called it because our dorm room was uh, Martin Hall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gonna work on the Martin mine. And so, you know, I'd often come back to my dorm and find like 10 guys just going hard on the world. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was like an amazing experience. And I barely knew these people like because it was midway into the first semester of my freshman year. And like we're hanging out in my room And it's like we had been friends since we were toddlers. Hmm. I've never had another game come close to creating that sense of togetherness. But I I do vividly remember 
right after I got the game, I binged the shit out of it. And I played for like 48 hours straight. And the guys in my floor thought I should take a break to go get some food. Yeah. So we went to Mickey D's and I went inside and everything was like blocky. Everything looked like Minecraft blocks to me. Yeah. And honestly, I threw up all over that McDonald's floor, like in front of everybody. That story took a very weird turn. Yep. Yep. Like, okay, I was, how, how do we get here? <laughs> How do we get to any of our conversation topics? It just happens. All right. So my very first thought of Steve from Minecraft was how the frack did Steve make it into Smash when there were so many better options like <coughs> Sora, Sora, <laughs> yes, Sora for Smash. I have not lost hope. But OK, after I watched the trailer, my mind was completely changed and so I want to go into a little bit of, of what I noticed from this trailer right off the bat. So first thing I noticed was as soon as Steve drops into Smash after his brief little introduction with Mario, he teabags the ground. Lulz. He's like, all right, bitches, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we all really noticed the attention to detail. Um, and so not only did Nintendo simply throw Steve into the mix, they also shaped Smash Bros around the world of Minecraft, which means like not only in Steve's own Minecraft stage, but like everything about Minecraft is immersed into this character. It feels like you're playing Minecraft in the middle of Smash Bros. It's so cool. Hell yeah. And so a, a little bit of background on the map. Like it's it's your typical Minecraft world, but there's actually six different seeds that are randomly generated as you spawn into the map. So you could be playing in the tundra, you could be playing in the desert or like next to a cave. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And it's it's like I said, randomly generated. So sometimes the block orientation, like there will be a different tree in front of you that has a platform on it or something like that. Right. And so that's really cool because I think that's the first Smash Bros map that is completely randomly dynamic like that, where the Ooh. world is actually different each time you spawn in. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And so, okay, enough about the stage. The stage is cool, but we want to talk about Steve, the man of the hour. And so, as per usual, this DLC's character moveset is completely different from any other character. His moves are all centered around the game that he comes from, obviously. Right. But what's interesting about him is that he uses the world around him to craft tools to fight. So Steve starts with a wooden pickaxe, an axe, like cutting trees down, and a sword. And he's able to change all of these weapons like fluidly in combat. It's really cool to see. But in addition to his starting tools, he also has flint to start fires. He can place magma blocks overhead. He can drop buckets of lava in front and behind him, smash down on enemies with an anvil, glide on wings, catch enemies with a fishing pole, ram them with a mine, a mine cart, and even blow up players with TNT. Like, that's a pretty heavy move set. It's, yeah, it, it really is cool. He can use all of those right out of the gate, but that's where his unique play style comes in because Steve can mine the map around him to get everything from wood, rocks, iron, and even diamond. And he uses those on the battlefield to improve his starting weapons, as well as utilizing materials such as redstone to add a little extra oomph to his attacks. Very cool. And players will be able to upgrade all three starting tools from wood to stone to iron to gold and finally to diamond quality by upgrading them. It like dramatically increases their knockback and their damage. Hmm. Yeah, but... He has to be really careful because all of his tools are, are limited and they will eventually break, even the starting weapons. And so you can be left completely defenseless if you're not careful. Um, so it's crucial when you play as Steve to spend every second outside of battle to gather resources so you're not left defenseless. He can also place a crafting bench anywhere on the field to make equipment, so you never have to worry about that. But the crafting bench isn't exactly a part of the um, the map itself. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a tool on the side. Interesting. And so before I go into the second 
thing that they added, the second really cool introduction. I want to get get your guys' take on what you thought of Steve and his play style. Like, is he not the dirtiest fucking edge guarder you've ever seen? <laughs> um, yeah. So something that makes me mad sometimes in Smash is like you see them add a lot of characters that are really, really cool characters, but then they give them like bland ass movesets, kind of like how when they included Ganondorf, he just had Captain Falcon's movesets with like no personality of his own. Yeah. With the inclusion of Minecraft, Steve, they really went out of their way to remind you that you're playing as Minecraft, Steve. You know, any other time you would think he had no business being in this game. They did a really good job of giving him a diverse, unique moveset that really makes you feel like they just added Minecraft to the game. And that's sometimes something that Smash doesn't do a great job of, you know, especially when you get down to the uh, Fire Emblem characters. Obviously, people make jokes all the time about the Fire Emblem representation in Smash Bros. But there's a little bit of truth to the redundancy in having all these characters because most of them have such similar movesets to one another. Well, I think it was you, JP, that pointed out to me that all of the base characters, all of the non-DLC characters, their movesets are based off of, you know, a, a benchmark character. So like whether that be Captain Falcon or Mario's moveset, like that is what all future characters were based on except for the DLC characters. Mm-hmm. All of their movesets and playstyles were completely unique from the base characters, which is completely awesome. And this is probably the most unique of all of the DLC characters thus far. So I totally disagree with the point that you just made, Zara, about all the characters being based off one another because there are really? characters like Shulk that were totally like, you have an entire new Monado system. Um, I have to look at the entire Smash roster. There's Ridley, which is like a brand new character. Like, I don't know. I want to go as far as to say everyone is based off one character. They're all based around that A and B button. And so maybe like, is that the similarity you were going for? Or what were you, what were you no, saying? No, well, it was more like JP said with the comparison of Captain Falcon to Ganondorf. And right. you could even do like Kirby to DDDDD almost. Kind of um, like that similarity. So, I mean, all all Mario characters essentially have the same move set. It's not it, I'm just, I was just making the point um to kind of like take a middle stance between like the two of you that just like there's particular moments when Smash Bros introduces new characters and when they have in the past too where they could have been much more creative with the move sets that they give to the characters. And not everybody's a direct carbon copy. Some people have really unique, cool movesets, but it's not universal amongst all its characters, was the point I was essentially trying to make. Yeah, every character is definitely unique in their own regard. And I'm not not trying to say every character, like obviously there's Echo Fighters, so there literally is an Echo, like there there are copies, but I was just gonna say, there's a lot of very unique characters in the game with over 70 fighters. Yeah, that's crazy. I would totally agree with your guys' with your guys' point that the DLC fighters are, they're the top notch. Like when you're paying for a DLC fighter, you're getting a totally unique character. I would totally agree with that. I think Alex, Steve and Alex are the, almost the quintessential bar now. Cause like, it felt like, just like you said, they brought the Minecraft world into Smash. Mm-hmm. And at first when I heard that rumor, I was like disgusted. I was like, please don't. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm not the generation that grew up with Minecraft. I guess I just wasn't part of that um, people who were. Um, and so it's not for me per se, but it definitely, I get why Minecraft's in it because it is its own phenomenon. It's the number one selling game in the world, right? Number oh, yeah. one selling game in the world. I absolutely felt the same way you did too. I, I thought Steve had no business being in this game, but like after that trailer, that was fantastic. My mind was completely changed. And Zach, you actually brought me into my next point that you're not just getting Steve. You're also getting Alex, who is essentially the female variant of Steve. And you get to play as a zombie and an Enderman. But I think from basically from what I can tell is all four of those Minecraft characters play the exact same way. Yeah. But some are ready for Spookoween, baby. Spookoween. So, I mean, like, I understand the point that you're the points that you both are making. And 
I don't know. To me, Smash Bros, what makes Smash Bros so special is character inclusion. Because I thought the same thing when they introduced Cloud. I thought the same thing when they introduced Sonic. I thought the same thing when they introduced hell joker i was like what the hell are they gonna do a joker and that's coming from a huge persona 5 fan but every time that something has happened like this where smash introduces just an out of left field character i'm usually blown away i i don't know i think everybody should be excited about this because at the end of the day smash bros is such a great celebration of video games that i think minecraft deserved a spot on there I think you're absolutely right. And speaking of Boom, can we talk about Steve's ultimate smash, the House of Boom? The House of Boom. Oh my God, that is the best ultimate I have seen. You kick the enemy player or players into a house with a giant piston and like they get up and you get the uh, first person view of them looking around frantically and all they see is a horde of creepers coming at them. <laughs> a castle blows up and Steve eats a victory steak. Like, yeah, oh I God. forgot about the <laughs> That's great. Oh, this, I'm so excited to play as this character. He's an edge guarding son of a bitch. I'll tell you that. Oh, if he's you don't believe me, people off. watch the 45 minute demonstration of Steve or just wait and play Steve for yourself when he comes out. But I'm I'm really hyped to play as him. And honestly, guys, I, I'm kind of jonesing for some Smash Bros after the episode. Smash. Smash. You guys want Smash? You guys want Smash? Smash. Hey, uh, so when does this come out, Zar? All right. So this actually is coming out on October 13th. So just about a week after this episode drops. Woo! And I am so excited for it. I think I already have the season pass. I don't know why, but I always refuse to buy the season pass and just buy them one by one. I know in the long run, I spend five more dollars doing it that way, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's your life, JP. About spending $25 and then not seeing instant results. That's me. I'm just, I like instant <laughs> gratification. <laughs> we need it. I right. need it. Zach, speaking, speaking of, of DLC. Things that I need. I am ready for some more Pokemon content because that first Pokemon expansion, not really the best. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything breathtaking. Gotta be honest, I didn't I didn't play it. I think I have both of them like pre-ordered or season passed or whatever, but I never played the first one. Really? Chippy, what did you think of it? So the first one that we're referring to was called the Isle of Armor, right? Yeah, the Isle of Armor. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. It added a ton of new Pokemon. Um, the little story that it gives you about the dojo and the girl who hates you for some stupid reason and then you getting cub foo and you get to train him. I thought that was all cool and nice, just not necessarily worth because what was the expansion there? Wasn't it 25 bucks? 30 bucks. It's a pricey DLC. Yeah, exactly. I would not call it worth $30. But that being said, you don't have to pay for these separately, right? It's like now that I've bought the DLC, I get this as well. So, yeah, you can't pick which one you buy. You have to buy the season pass and it'll give you both the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. Which, I mean, if it's a $30 price tag for both DLCs, and I mean, this Crown Tundra looks really extensive. Right. So I, I'm okay with I'm okay with that price tag, honestly. Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of in the same bar. Like we're like, eh, it was fine, but nothing that really got us back into it. So I'm excited because I was hoping they put a lot of eggs in this basket of the Crown Tundra. And did you guys see how they're like changing up raids? How now, instead of like just doing one raid with some random people, now you go through like a raid dungeon where you just battle a bunch of raids and you see how far you can go with rental Pokemon. Oh, it's rental Pokemon, huh? Yes. Because what did the endless RPG known as Pokemon need? A dungeon crawler sim. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. really excited for it. It looks really cool. And I mean, I would totally raid through some dungeons with you guys. Oh, dude, let's go raiding with our rental Pokemon. Watch me get like a coughing and a Dunsparce. Dunsparce. I think most of the uh, parties in the dungeon crawler that I saw from the trailer, there was a Galarian wheezing in every party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So 
I'm glad that you guys are wanting to do that because that's something that I'm looking forward to. And so that kind of goes on to my next point. Um, did you guys see the legendaries that are brought back? Do you guys know which legendaries are coming back? Every goddamn legendary. <laughs> Everything from your Mewtwo to your to your Zacian, your Zacian. Ooh, that's like a bajillion legendary Pokemon. And I don't know what mythicals are coming, but they did show all the legendaries. So it's about to be popping off. There's going to be a reason to be doing all of these dungeons together. Are you telling me that they're about to bring back literally every legendary Pokemon? Yes. Give me my Darkrai, baby. Let's go. That's now, a mythical. That's a mythical, JP. Fudge. Where are the Ultra Beasts? At those, I don't even know what those are considered. They're just, yeah, they're what just do we considered do? Ultra Beasts. <laughs> what do we do with our Ultra Beasts? Uh, <laughs> you put them in Pokemon Home where they a, sit forever? They're rotting, <laughs> they're rotting away in my PC boxes. You know, eventually they'll come out and play. Just not now. Did you guys see the new Galarian Slow King? I yeah, did it's, not. It's it looks really weird. <laughs> it does look really weird. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Apparently it's like really good. I really love the Pokemon because he's got his own new ability called Eerie Spell, which is a really strong special uh, psychic move that knocks down a Pokemon's like PP so he can't use it as much. Mm, okay. Um, and then there, his ability is uh, Curious Medicine. So if your stats are ever lowered and you bring it out, it just reduce it brings their stats back to normal. Hmm. So that's pretty neat. Uh, that's pretty that's pretty useful. It is. Have you started reading any of these comments on the YouTube video, guys? This this is my favorite part. Look at uh look at some of these comments. Like, I can't wait for youngster Joey to bring his level four Ratata to a Rayquaza raid. <sighs> he will though. <laughs> he, yeah, that's why it's funny. The, the soul rock that only uses cosmic power. It's like, why? Why are you here? Why have you taught me so? All right, so we talked about new raids. We talked about all the legendaries. Um, do we talk about the new story that's coming for the new legendaries? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I haven't really seen or I don't know anything about these new legendary birds, but one of them looks like Articuno. So it's Galarian forms of the legendary birds from Gen 1. Oh, so okay, Arnacuno, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> Arnacuno, Zapdos, and Moltres are all getting their own Galarian forms. Very cool. And then there's also two new Reggie forms. It's like Reggie Alecki and Reggie Draco or Draco. What? That's Ooh. cool. And apparently there's a story centered around those five and it kind of revolves around eventually some sort of tag tournament with everyone that you've met so far. Yeah, that tag tournament looked awesome. I'm, you know, I'm all for it. It's just, it looks like there's a lot going on with this one, a lot more than the Isle of Armor. And they also um, hinted, or they told us about a new item that pretty much makes it so you can give it to your Pokemon and it'll give them their hidden ability. So now my shinies that aren't perfect, I can use them because I can make them perfect. So I'm really happy. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool feature, honestly. So, for instance, my shiny Charizard that I got at Pokemon Let's Go that I was so excited to bring over. It did not have the ability that I wanted that day. But now with this, I can give it the solar power ability and it can be a rank one Charizard. Hey, not bad, huh? Chowazow. Chowazow. Wicked shiny. Wicked shiny. And um, yeah, with that, I just want to know, are you guys, you guys, it sounds like you've already bought the DLCs. So will this bring you back into Pokemon Zar? I think it actually will. I mean, I've, I've missed it. Pokemon Shield was so fun, and I loved seeing 3D Pokemon and experiencing the world. And I've been needing an excuse to get back into it. I've just been way too enthralled with Mario lately. I need to backlog that or something or just finish it. And with that being said, JP, anything else you want to add? Just, I mean, from what we've seen from what's going to come with this uh, Tundra update, I really hope that this makes me just feel like the 30 bucks on the DLC was worth it. I think it will be. I think it will be. I just, I, I see some really good content here. I'm really excited that everybody's excited about it. I'm ready to have some Pokemon fun with my buddies. Yeah, yeah. With that, you can expect to play this on October 22nd. Oh, wow. That's soon. Yeah, let's go crawl a dungeon. Yeah, it is very soon. That's what I like about this DLC. You know, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Nintendo's popping off with some of this DLC. You got Smash and you got Pokemon. And now we can talk about lawsuits. So, Zara, you're pretty much a lawyer. Tell us what happened. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm basically a lawyer, not even a little bit. So this article comes directly from the U.S. Department of Justice website, justice.gov. What? <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, I know, right? This was this was a, a statement released on October 2nd. And so this article we have entitled Team Executor is in big trouble. And so I'd never heard of Team Executor before. But apparently they were some pretty shady people. Basically, there were a bunch of people who were scattered all across the globe, uh, like from Canada to even the Dominican Republic. And all of these guys were charged with federal indictment uh, unsealed on October 2nd. The indictment alleges that the defendants were leaders of a criminal enterprise that developed and sold illegal devices that hacked popular video game consoles so that they could be used to play unauthorized or printed copies of video games. The enterprise targeted popular consoles such as Nintendo Switch, the 3DS, NES, um, and the Sony PlayStation Classic, and even the Microsoft Xbox. Hmm, interesting. That came directly from the uh, Department of Justice's website, as did these next two quotes. And so these defendants lined their pockets by stealing and selling the work of other video game developers and even going as far as to make customers pay a licensing fee to play stolen games. And this is the final quote. Each defendant is charged with 11 felony counts, including conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy to circumvent technological measures and to traffic in circumvention devices, trafficking in circumventing devices and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Holy shit. That's yeah, that's a huge list of crimes. And so basically what they are being charged with is and what they have been doing for years apparently is selling some sort of hardware that is able to hack certain consoles and then retrieve like unlimited pirated games for your hacked hardware. Hmm. But to access those games after you have hacked the games out of some system or whatever, you have to pay a licensing fee to them to play the stolen games that you just stole. Like, holy shit. And that's where I draw the line. If you two remember, we've had the conversation before about like mods and video games, especially when it comes to like, uh, so we had the conversation about like, you know, mods being put in video games and like Nintendo getting super defensive about people trying to mod these video games, especially Pokemon games. Nintendo shutting down all the emulating services. Well, it was my opinion that like it's emulation is not that big of a deal in a certain light. But where I draw the line is when you're trying to sell those mods that you're making, because that's fucked up because you're not the developer of the game. Those are the people that you get the money. That's what I think the problem is here. And and so, JP, what is the difference between emulation and piracy? I don't know. <laughs> Profit. I mean, ultimately. Profit is the, yeah, because most emulators and most emulating services offer everything for free. And in fact, these guys, and you guys are going to find this hilarious, they tried to hide their suspicious activities by masking themselves as a website that supported gaming enthusiasts who wanted to design and create their own video games for non-commercial use. What a bunch of twats. And like... What a bunch <laughs> that of is, jokers. That is the <laughs> biggest fucking red flag you could ever see. Like, they are laundering millions of dollars behind a non-commercial company. Like everything we do here is made for free for everybody. Or is it? <laughs> First of all, Zach, I got that Xenoblade reference. Man, what a couple of jokes. Love you. <laughs> but second of all, Zar, you could not have said that any better. That's what the problem with doing this is. It's like I was kind of on Nintendo's case a little bit like, where I was like, these guys need to chill out a little bit with the whole, you know, taking down the emula 
emulation thing, but this is going way too far. This is deep. Oh yeah. It's it's clear cut and dry theft. You they're not they're not even modding games like offering Pokemon Pitch Black or any other modded game or Skyrim mods. What they're doing is stealing games and giving them to people for a fee, a licensing fee. For money. <laughs> yeah. Not only do you have to buy the hardware from them, but you have to buy the games that you stole. Lulz. <laughs> How did they think they were going to get away with this? How did they? It's. I mean, I guess they did for quite some time. And and that's that's another thing. Like, they weren't even trying to get, like, many, many games, like, um, a Game Pass subscription service to everybody so that everybody could enjoy games from like uh, seven or eight different consoles. They were just trying to sidestep all of the companies who produced these games and make their money. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah. <laughs> the people behind Team Executor should be held absolute 100% accountable for piracy. It's just moronic how they think they could get away with this. It's like black market Netflix. Mm. Hey kid, I've got Final Fantasy 3 for you here. <laughs> you you want Final Fantasy 3? You want some Final Fantasy 3? What about a little, uh, I don't know, Conker's Bad Fur Day? <laughs> I mean, obviously they were gonna get caught. And there's one thing people don't want when they pirate games is to be charged up the ass to do so. Cause that's why you pirate games is for free. Well, exactly. That's why I'm like appalled that these guys thought they were going to get away with it. Because all it would take is one salty guy that's like, you're trying to charge me to play this game that doesn't even belong to you? Okay. Hey, Nintendo! (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo ninjas, get him. Activate. Oh my god, what a bunch of fucking morons. What a bunch of jokers. What a couple (laughs) of jokers. (laughs) All right, uh, Zach, I, how would you feel about... Oh, I'm sorry, did you have something else to add, Zor? I was just going to say, I don't think I have anything else to say about Team Executor. They're they're just a bunch of idiots and they got caught. And I can't believe we actually read an article from the U.S. Department of Justice. How did we get here? <laughs> That's the biggest atrocity here is they made us read something from a law website. Thanks a lot, I you hate ass- reading. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up are game releases. You guys ready for this? Yeah, I was going to say, Zach, why don't you do the game releases? I will. So first up is G.I. Joe Operation Blackout coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 13th. G.I. Joe. Yeah. 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 (laughs) After that is re- Don't do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mr. T. Anybody remember those G.I. Joe PSAs? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, I, I remember. Winners don't do drugs. Yo, Joe. Anyway, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Remothered Broken Porcelain is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on, you guessed it, October 13th. Second Extinction is coming to PC on October 13th. Woot! And Wood Salt is coming to PC and Nintendo Switch on October 13th. One Chanbera Origin is coming to PC, PS4 on October 14th. Partisans 1941 is coming to PC on October 14th. Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition is coming to PC on October 15th. Cake Bake is coming, or <clears throat> Cake Bash is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. <gasps> it's my old friend Stadia. On October 15th. And after that, Cloudpunk is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 15th. Rev up your monster trucks, because Monster Truck Championship is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on October 15th. Hell yeah. Ring of Pain is coming to PC on October 15th. Space Crew is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 15th. Tennis World Tour is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 15th. Aquanox Deep Descent is coming to PC on October 16th. Crown Trick is coming to PC and Nintendo Switch on October 16th. And finally, our hyped up game of the week, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 16th. Guys, have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty huge. Zach, explain what this is and use all the detail you want because this deserves some hype up. 
Okay, so you guys know how there's like Mario Kart 8 before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how we've been talking about how like, you know, Mario Kart, like what more can they do? Because Mario Kart's already so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, after eight games, where, where can you go? <laughs> right. And so, you know, the, the season, the series is peaked, you would think, right? Nintendo said, nah, screw you kids. Here's <laughs> a game that you can plug into your Switch. It comes with an RC car with Mario R. Luigi. And then you literally get to set up your own Mario Kart racetrack. Think of like a clever like mix between like the uh, the box. What are the boxes game called? The Toy Cons? Are they called Toy Cons? Not Toy Cons. Oh, uh, Labo. Yeah, think of Nintendo. Thank you, JP. Think of <laughs> Nintendo Labo fused with Mario Kart 8 and boom, you have Mario Kart Live Tour. It is such an incredibly unique, fun concept. I don't know what to say. It, it looks like a lot of fun. It's very creative. It's very cool. I will say I'm a little worried about execution. Am I the only one getting a little bit of those vibes of just like, oh, I hope this is good? No, 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 no. I've, I've been feeling that same way. I I uh, said the same thing when we recorded it on location. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this because I never saw the carts crash. And I mean, when you introduce physical aspects to a virtual reality, things can get a little muddled up. And so I, I, I'm really curious to see how the game will hold up if carts won't disconnect randomly. What do you think, Zach? Are you kind of along the same lines there? Oh, absolutely. Like you guys said, like so much can go wrong, which is why I'm so excited to see what Nintendo does. And if it does work out how I'd imagine, like, cause like eight year old JP and me, like and Zar, Hopefully Zark hanging out with us when we return to our eight-year-old ages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy smells. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you, you set up your own track. So it, like, goes through where you paint your own track, basically. So you, like, do one practice course around, like, your makeshift track. Yeah. And so you can make it as bumpy or as crazy as you want. I am curious to see what happens and how it adapts. Because you're right. They never show it running into anything. They never showed it running into an obstacle. Like, what if your cat runs into it? You know, like I was going to say, happens. when you guys play me in this game, I'm going to train Luna and Colby to specifically just <laughs> no! fuck the course. <laughs> Always go for Mario. No. <laughs> Puppers, no. That's why you got Luigi. And I mean, they're doing so much creative stuff with this. It's uh not like the course itself looks like it's going to be a lot of fun because you get to basically build your own course out of this. But like I'm seeing that they're putting in like a ton of new carts that you can look at. There's like a retro mode where it looks like you can do like retro Mario coins and Goombas on the field. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting creative implementations that they're going to use with this. And if this is done properly, this is going to be such a blast. I agree. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks like it's going to be fun, especially like painting your own course because you take your physical uh, RC car around your living room, kitchen, wherever you want to set up a course to design it. And I, like, I, I just think this all looks really cool. And I really hope it doesn't go south really quick like it. I think it might because like this could just really spawn a new era of cart racing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying with things like this, I, I do have faith. I think it's going to be good. But I did say the same thing about Nintendo Labo. Hey, Labo was good. Labo was good. Do you think you guys can yeet and skeet your way across the living room to like take shortcuts? Like I know I'm, I'm pretty sure you have to hit all of the arches that you set up the track with, but... You think you can just cut right across your living room to screw everybody else over? <laughs> That'd be really funny. <laughs> I am excited to see what, how we can break this game, basically. <laughs> All right, internet, how can we fuck this game? <laughs> I'm ready to see the videos on this game is busted. All right, so Zach, I've got two remaining questions. Um, so the physical RC car itself, how many designs do we have right now to choose from? You only have two so far and it's Mario and Luigi. And so when you buy this game, it's a package deal and you basically get the game for the Switch and then you get an RC car and it comes out to a grand total of $100. Whoa, that's not a bad deal. 
I don't know. I mean, for an RC car, RC cars are usually in the $50 range and you get a game. I mean, it's a good price. It's a great price, but woof, that's a lot of coin. Totally agree. $100 on something like this that might end up just being a gimmick. I agree. It, it's good. But if the game turns out to be stellar, I don't know. I, I think $100 really isn't that bad. The other question, Zach, uh, what did you say we have for a release date? And this is coming out October 16th, so really soon. What, what? This might be on my Christmas list, boys. Santa, I've been a good boy this year. Hey, me too. A very good boy. No, you haven't. Shut up. <laughs> Santa knows you can lie to me, but you can't lie to Santa. <laughs> Santa, no. Oh, oh, oh. Welcome to Krampus, bitch. Krampus. <laughs> oh. All right, guys, I think we have covered everything that there is to cover. I wanted to give a little teaser because next week we've got something special happening, don't we, guys? Yes. Yes, we do. Next week, we are having a special guest on the podcast to host our segment. And you know what? I'll let him introduce. We'll let him introduce himself once he's here more. But he is the host of another podcast that we kind of have started talking to since we've gotten into this whole podcasting thing for ourselves. He is extremely excited to come join us. And I can't wait to have him. Keep asking why, but he's really nice about it. <laughs> He's like, oh <laughs> shit, I have to be on a podcast with these three. <laughs> like, you, you really want to hang out with us? Yeah, jeez. Some people are nice. It's crazy. Nobody wants to hang out with us. Sad JP noises. <laughs> what do sad JP noises sound like? Um, wah! Wah! <laughs> we're, we're on the same page here, JP. I got you. We should be the Mario Bros for Halloween. Zach, you're definitely Mario. Oh. I think. Czar, you want to take Luigi and I'll be Wario? We just need a Waluigi. Krista can be Waluigi. Krista can be Waluigi. Okay, I'm down for that. And Lauren can be Yoshi. <laughs> Lauren would be such a cute Yoshi. <laughs> or, no, we could have Krista. Krista could be Peach and Lauren could be Daisy. I was going to say, that makes, that makes more sense. sense, right? <laughs> or in Yoshi. <laughs> or you two could be Peach and Daisy. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be Daisy. Yeah. I don't know if I make a good peach, but I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. You just have to be in another castle. <laughs> I'm at the wrong house again, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, JK, I'm dressing up as Toad and just telling everyone that what they're looking for is in different places. <laughs> like Zach's him. like, hey, where did my bottle of Bartons go? <laughs> like, sorry, Zach, your Bartons is in a different cabinet. <laughs> All right, boys, is it time to get out of here? I think so. I think we're getting a little out of it. Yep. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.